RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. So yesterday it was the convoy of courage to Wellington and, uh, well, um, uh, we'll find out how that was received uh, in just a moment. But uh, people walked down the Golden Mile of Wellington. Brian Tamaki was there and uh, quite a few hundred people with him. And Sue Gray also. I think, Sue, you flew in from Westport for it, did you? I did, yeah. We've been I've been campaigning over in West, uh, West Coast Tasman electorate, but this was a big event, so it was well worth coming over to Wellington for. Okay, so the Convoy of Courage. I saw on social media a few pictures posted of the, the desert road, so obviously there was a convoy that came down. How many people gathered in Wellington yesterday in that oh, case? Oh, look, look, quite a few thousand people. Um, I'm not sure if we've got an official number, but looking, I was walking down at the front of the convoy and looking back down the street, the entire street seemed to be filled way, way back up Um um, yeah, Lambton Key. So it right. was it was one of the bigger ones, one of the ones like we'd had prior to the big Wellington Freedom Village. I'm always curious about how people on the footpaths react when a protest goes by. Um, were there many? Because that place is a bit thinned out compared to how it used to be in terms of people on the on the pavement. Yeah. And, and was was there just what curious onlookers? Was there any sign of support? How was it? Yeah, no, there was a bit of a mix. There weren't many people. Like Wellington doesn't seem to be nearly as busy as it used to be, and I think they'd told the public servants to stay home because it might we might be too scary for them. Um, so there weren't a whole lot of people out on the street, but the people that were there were actually pretty open and receptive. Quite a few people were waving. Um, there was a, quite a bit of media there, actually, which more than we've had in the past. Now, um, just before um, talking with you, I was talking with Jazpreet uh, Boparai, and she was on the um uh, the agenda 2030 um virtual meeting as it turned out to be yesterday and i believe that that was because the live get together that was planned was it went virtual because they were scared of you guys is have i got that right mm-hmm. Yes, you've got that right. I actually signed up to it because I thought, well, it might be a good way for me to get into Parliament grounds if there was any difficulties because of police obstruction. So I signed up to go to the virtual, uh, at that time, a conference inside Parliament, thinking it could be interesting to pop in and have a bit of a look. And about probably a week ago, I got an email to say that, no, because of threatened protesters, it wouldn't be safe to have the the conference at Parliament, and it was now going to be a virtual conference. So it wouldn't be safe, what, because they were feeling physically threatened. They were anticipating well, violence towards them, were they? Well, I've got no idea what they were imagining, but, I mean, I've been to so many of these protests and the only time there's ever been any hint of violence at all is when the police have been violent against the protesters. And today was just like all the other ones where a whole lot of people, the kids had beautiful balloons, um, just everybody was laughing. It was more of a celebratory mood than anything else. I think a lot of people were happy to be back in Wellington, looking forward to spending more time in Parliament in the future. So the safety thing is like a performative performative art, really, is it? I think so. I think it's government theatre to try and justify um, their lack of um, enthusiasm for listening to the public. I mean, today was crazy. They had big concrete barriers at the gates of all of the entrance doors into Parliament, so you sort of had to do a bit of a zigzag to come in. They'd closed off all of the streets pretty much where they'd closed them off when we were at the Freedom Village with the concrete bollards. They had all sorts of police, numerous police running around 
around taking photos. In fact, I just arrived there because I flew in a little bit late from um, Westport. There's not a whole lot of direct flights from Westport to Wellington. And um, the first thing I saw was a team of police with their massive cameras going around taking photographs of people. Oh, so why are they taking photos of, of average Kiwis doing what they're entitled to do in the street? Uh, why do they have to have their images taken? Well, What's this the- is – yeah. Very, very, very good question. In the old days when the privacy laws counted for something, that would be completely outrageous by the police. Um, I asked them when there was the um, Silent No More documentary was being made and and the vax-injured people went to Wellington for their sit-in after the occupation, or not a sit-in, they went and just, just had a meeting down at Civic Square and then walked down to Parliament. And the police then had those massive cameras and a helicopter overhead. I did an OAA because I said, this is not okay. These people are vaccine injured. What on earth are the police doing taking photographs of the vaccine injured? Who do they think they bloody are? Yeah, absolutely. Who do they think they are? I think they realise that they have very little support from the public and they're very scared. Um, They shouldn't be scared of us physically because there's never been anything physical, but I think they're also scared of us psychologically because they know that the public is onto their narrative and and they have no defence other than to try and close us down completely. Yeah, but what do you do with those images? Where do they go? Where are they? Who sees them? Where are they stored? Why are yeah, they good. there? Are they there for facial recognition later on? I mean, what's yeah. it all about? What is it all about? I mean, hey, they've probably got a few photos of me already, so I'm not overly worried. But, but they, they, in my view, they have no right. They have no legal right to have the police taking photos of peaceful protesters. I mean, it's a right in New Zealand. The funny thing is, you're going to love this. I've been at all these election meetings with Damien O'Connor um, because he's the West Coast Tasman current MP. And right. he arrives with all of his notes that some of his advisors have presumably written for him. And one of the first meetings, we were asked, um, what's the biggest issue facing the West Coast? And Damien's answer was, disinformation oh god and the crowd snorted and Do you think he really believes that this is this is the thing i can't get does damien old damien does he really believe that well i don't know whether he does or not he's never said it in any of the subsequent meetings and indeed now he's changed his narrative to talking about how wonderful freedom of speech is in New Zealand and how we all have so many rights and it's unfortunate that we have to trade with China because they don't have the same values as us because we have strong rights protecting our freedom of speech. And the flip-flop in his messaging is just extraordinary. Sorry, the trade minister or the – I don't know if he's trade minister, he's certainly agriculture minister – is actually (laughs) dissing our main customer, is he? He is. He is the trade minister and the agriculture minister, and he is dishing our main customer. Because so the Americans they... have been giving him instructions, have they? <laughs> well, he did say at one meeting that it's a bit of a, um, a a difficulty whether to trade with China because we don't like their lack of freedom of speech and their attitude, their values, or with America because they obviously come with other issues. America don't honest? buy our stuff. They don't buy our stuff. That's the reason. <laughs> it, it, it's surprising how honest our MPs can be when they are asking for people's votes. So he's claiming that, um, well, he's he's drawing attention to China's lack of human rights, yet they do everything they can to censor <laughs> New Zealanders. Okay. 
And I, oh. and I sit there looking incredulous, saying, is this the country that we've been living through for the last three years? That's why I always ask, do they really believe it? Because I don't believe they really believe it. I think they know that what they're saying and they're conscious of doing it. And whether it's out of fear or the remuneration's just too good, I don't know, or future jobs, I don't know. But anyway, um, okay, so what happened at the protest? Who said what? And um, do you think it achieved anything? Yeah, absolutely. So the first part of it was down at Civic Square and there were some speeches, there was some music, Ali Cook playing her, her new Freedom New Zealand song um, and, and, and some other songs. And then um, we walked down the street down from Civic Square, the Golden Mile, down to Parliament and Brian Tamaki and I both spoke down at Parliament. We had the national anthem with a whole lot of our kids there with their beautiful balloons, um, just really celebrating that we want to have a New Zealand for our children where we can be proud of and they can have the same kind of opportunities and future that we grew up with without all this ridiculous control, without all this sexualization of education, the indoctrination. You know, let's take back New Zealand for people, not for the globalist agenda. Okay. And um, it's only what? Just over two weeks out from the day. So how, how are you feeling about that? Well, based on the feedback I'm getting, certainly in West Coast Tasman, but also today, you know, I've been asking the question, is anybody in the audience happy with the performance of the government over the last two months, two years or so? And not a single person admits being happy. Then I ask, is anyone happy with the performance of the opposition? Not a single person admits to being happy. Is everybody ready for a significant change and, and new representation? The crowd goes crazy cheering. Okay. And this has been the same at all of the election meetings up and down the West Coast Tasman area, which are the, the meetings organised by the, you know, um, Grey Power groups and, and all sorts of different community groups for all of the candidates, not just our own meetings. And then, the, and then, but exactly the same response today in Wellington. So it's pretty exciting, really. Yeah. So, um, those meetings you talk about, what are the, what's the age range attending those meetings? Um, generally, I would say 40s and older. We have had one meeting where we had a whole group of younger people come along, which is awesome, but it's definitely is generally the older people in the community. But what is amazing are the number of people who come up to me after the meeting and say, you know, I voted for National all my life or I voted for Labour all my life, but I'm not going to vote for them this time. Yeah, but who are they going to vote for? That's the thing, right? Well, that the way they speak when they come and talk to me, they say, "Well, you know, we'd seen we'd seen these stories in the media, and we thought that you must be a bit bit crazy, but now that we've heard you speak, we're going to vote for you." So there's a huge okay. amount of support. There's, I mean, maybe maybe it's a, a freak electorate. I don't know. I don't think so though. I think that there's a whole lot of sensible, grounded people that have got come from all sorts of different backgrounds. I mean, you sit through and you listen to the Greens' voice of doom and gloom. Well, who would vote for that? Hmm. You 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 know you listen to National Spin. I mean, Maureen does a great job. Except we all know that she, her own leader won't let her say what she wants to say. Um, you know, why would you vote for any of the hundred and twenty 
who weren't there for us when we asked them to help us, when we asked them to come and talk to us. So, And I actually think that message has got out from just the smaller networks to the mainstream. I think it's changing day by day. Okay, just to uh, to finish up, you mentioned mainstream. How do you think the media have reported so far what happened uh, yesterday in Wellington? Has it been sort of business as usual for them, sort of, you know, yeah. um, 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 actually, following their narrative, or, or has it been something different? Yeah, actually a bit different. I, I haven't had a really good look at it, but what I did look at, stuff actually did almost accurately report blow by blow what was happening and in a reasonably positive way. Um, I, I haven't seen that kind of reporting from stuff before, and I wonder if they know that the writing's on the wall. Um, we're standing up saying, well, what's the point of the government and the people of New Zealand funding media if they're not going to tell the truth? Maybe the funding's run out from their their previous government funding, who knows, but they actually, what I read was was quite a shift in narrative. So I'm hoping that that will be a new trend going forward. Uh, TV news, still the usual rubbish stuff, um, you know, Radio New Zealand, pretty rubbish as well, but at least there's a bit of a chink in the armour of the mainstream media, which is great. All right, Sue, thanks for coming on and, and uh, telling us about what happened yesterday in Wellington from someone who was there. Interesting. And boy, um, the next two weeks going to be interesting as well. Hopefully we yeah. can catch up again before the big day. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, super interesting times ahead, that's for sure. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.